وَلَقَدْ and certainly آتَيْنَا we gave Musa to Musa عليه السلام الكتابة the book the scripture certainly we gave Musa عليه السلام the book which book was given to him the Torah فَلَا so not تَكُنْ you be you the address is to who to the Prophet that you O Prophet should not be Fee in miryatin a doubt. You should not be in any doubt millikaihi concerning his liqa or concerning its liqa. What is liqa? Meeting. Meaning don't be in doubt about the fact that you are going to meet Musa alayhi salam. Liqaihi, his meeting and his would be understood as Musa alayhi salam. Meaning Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to make you meet Musa alayhi salam. Why? He was given the book. And you also are being given a book. So the responsibility that you've been given is not something new. Prophets before you were also given scriptures to live by, to convey. You understand? This is similar to how if you're being given a certain work to do, hmm? and then you're introduced to people who are doing the same work, or who did the same work before you, does it make it easier for you to accept that work? Does it? Yeah, because you know that you're not the only one in this boat. People have done this before you, they were successful, Allah granted them success, so Allah will also grant me success, inshaAllah. So what happened? Over here, the Prophet ﷺ is being encouraged. He is being consoled over here that yes, it is difficult, but Musa was also given a book, he delivered it, and you are being given a book, and you too have to deliver it. Because remember, this is a Makki surah, right? And wasn't there a lot of opposition? There was. So the Prophet ﷺ is being consoled over here. فَلَا تَكُونْ فِي مِرْيَةٍ مِنْ لِقَائِهِ And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did gave the Prophet ﷺ a chance to meet Musa ﷺ. And when was that? Al-Isra' wal-Mi'raj. And he was actually one of the Prophets whom he met and spoke to in quite a lot of detail. When the Prophet ﷺ informed Musa ﷺ about the gift of salah, 50 salah, Musa ﷺ said, go back and have that reduced. Isn't it? So he did meet Musa ﷺ. فَلَا تَكُنْ فِي مِرْيَةٍ مِنْ Liqa'ihi can also be understood as its meeting, meaning receiving it. Because when you meet someone, you receive them. Alright, you receive them in your arms, you hug them, you welcome them. So, liqa'ihi, receiving it. Receiving what? Receiving a kitab. We gave Musa a kitab, and we're giving you a kitab also. Don't worry that Something will happen and this mission will not be completed. It will certainly be completed. Think about the hostile environment that Musa ﷺ was in. His enemy was Fir'aun. His people were Bani Israel. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, did He not give him the Torah? He did. So you also are facing hostility. You also are facing opposition. But don't worry, Allah will complete his favor upon you. فَلَا تَكُنْ فِي مِرْيَةٍ مِنْ لِقَائِهِ Because think about the fear that the Prophet ﷺ must have been living in. His life was in danger. People were out to get him, to kill him, to stop his mission. 
So of course he would have this worry. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala comforts him that no, he will complete this favor upon you. He will grant his scripture to you. And in this is also a comfort for him because the Qur'an is not a new book. In the sense that previously Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed scriptures. Like in Surah Al-Ahqaf ayah 9, Allah says, Say, مَا كُنْتُ بِدْعًا مِّنَ الرُّسُلِ Say, I'm not something new among the messengers, that no messenger came before me and I'm the first. No. Likewise, book, the scripture is not something new. In the sense that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala always sent scripture. And an example is given here, the Torah was given before you, and now the Qur'an is being given to you. وَجَعَلْنَاهُ And we made it. Hudan, a guidance, Libani Israel for the children of Israel. Meaning the Torah was a guidance for the Bani Israel. And the Quran shall be a guidance for who? For you and your Ummah. In Surah Al-Isra, ayah number two, Allah says, وَآتَيْنَا مُوسَى الْكِتَابَ وَجَعَلْنَاهُ هُدًا لِبَنِي Israel. We gave Musa the book and we made it a guide for the Bani Israel. وَجَعَلْنَا And we made مِنْهُمْ from them أَئِمَّةً Leaders Meaning from the Bani Israel we made leaders أَئِمَّةً is the plural of Imam And who is Imam? One who is followed So after Musa salam, What happened? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Sent many leaders amongst the Bani Israel Meaning there were many Many leaders Who guided the Bani Israel So for example Musa salam, while he was still with the Bani Israel in the desert, remember they were ordered to enter the city and they refused? And then eventually what happened? Musa salam made dua that separate me from these people. Basically he was tired of handling Bani Israel. So Musa salam, he passed away. What happened then? Yusha' bin Nun, who was he? He was a follower, a student, a close companion of Musa salam. Then he was the leader of who? Of the Bani Israel. And he led them into their home city. And it is also said that Yushar bin Nun, he was granted prophethood. Allahu alam. But he was a leader. So, وَجَعَلْنَا مِنْهُمْ أَئِمَّةً Time after time, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent leaders amongst the Bani Israel. And what did these leaders do? يَهْدُونَ They guided. بِأَمْرِنَا with our command. Meaning whenever they guided the Bani Israel, what is it that they used? Allah's Amr. Allah's command. And what is that command? Where is it? It's in the scripture. So they used the scripture to guide people. But they were only able to do that لَمَّا صَبَرُوا When they were patient. As long as they were patient. So firstly, they used the scripture to guide people. And secondly, they had to have sabr in order to use the scripture to guide people. وَكَانُوا And they were بِآيَاتِنَا In our signs or in our verses, meaning in the book, يُقِنُونَ They were certain. They had yaqeen. So how is it that after Musa salam, the leaders from the Bani Israel were able to guide their people? Guide their people, meaning guide them out of their trials. Guide them towards success. Guide them out of the difficulties that they were in. How is it that they were able to guide? With what? With the kitab. What kind of attitude? Of sabr. What kind of faith? Yaqeen. 
yaqeen, conviction. So with yaqeen and sabr, they were able to guide. So what do we see over here? What is the responsibility of a leader? To guide people according to the command of Allah, not according to our own desires. Not according to our own wishes. Not according to the standards that people have set. Over here, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is basically praising the leaders of the Bani Israel. He's praising them. For what? For their adherence to the kitab. Now why do you think this is being mentioned over here? Because earlier, what did we learn? The qualities of true believers. And their quality is their adherence to the ayat of Allah. تَرْخَرُّ سُجَّدًا And yes, it's difficult to adhere to the book of Allah. But as long as a person adheres to the book of Allah, then he is rightly guided. Didn't the Prophet ﷺ say that I am leaving amongst you two things, that if you hold on to them, you shall never go astray. What were those two things? The book and the sunnah. The Qur'an and the sunnah. So we will be guided by what? Where is guidance for us. Where is it that we will find guidance from? From the Qur'an. By adhering to the Qur'an, not moving away from the Qur'an. You understand? Our success comes by our adherence to the scripture, not by our abandoning the scripture. And for this, you need sabr. Isn't it? So, لَمَّا sabaru, Because adhering to the kitab, it's not something easy. It is difficult. This is why Luqman said to his son that وَأْمُرْ بِالْمَعْرُوفِ وَنْهَا عَنِ الْمُنْكَ وَاصْبِرْ عَلَى مَا أَصَابَكَ When you will command that which is right, forbid what is wrong, then what will happen? You have to have sabr over what? Over the difficulties that hit you. And thirdly, we must also have yaqeen. Because if we ourselves lack yaqeen in the kitab, then how can we benefit from it? Has it ever happened that you read a recipe and you're like, I don't know about this recipe book. I don't really trust them. Because last time I followed a particular recipe, such and such happened. So then what do you do? Do you take all the instructions or do you modify them? You will change them, right? Because you don't trust the person who wrote the recipe. There is doubt over there. But once you trust them, and you know some people, they really believe in certain chefs. Right? This chef says something. This website gives a recipe. Khalas. That's it. That's the best recipe ever. And for some people, it's not about a chef or, you know, a website or a book. It's about how their mom cooks or what their grandma's recipe is. If it comes from grandma, khalas. If it comes from my mom, khalas. This is it. Why? Because there is trust over there. There is yaqeen over there. So if we have yaqeen in the Qur'an, that yes, this is tanzeel, revelation from Allah, this is haq, la rayba fihi, then a person can derive guidance from it. So we have to have yaqeen in the book. وَكَانُوا بِآيَاتِنَا يُقِنُونَ إِنَّ رَبَّكَ Indeed your Lord, huwa He, يَفْصِلُ He will judge. And remember the word fasl, literally it means create separation between two things, or to divide. To create a gap, this is what fasl is, fasala. But fasl also means decision. Because with a decision, what happens? The guilt is established, innocence is established. The matter becomes clear. It's separated. Before there was confusion, now it is clear this is right, this is wrong. This is guilty, this is innocent. 
So, inna rabbaka huwa yafsilu. Your Lord, indeed, He is going to judge bainahum between them, yawm al-qiyamati, on the day of judgment, fima concerning that which kanu they were, fihi in it yakhtalifun, they used to differ. Who? The Bani Israel. Because the example of Bani Israel is given here, right? That how they were guided according to the book of Allah. So then you wonder why so much division in them. If the book was one, why so much differences? Right? And also when it comes to us, we want to adhere to the Qur'an, but then we see so much diversity even within Muslims. So then how do you know what is right, what is wrong? Well, you stay as close as possible to the text. And at the end, you leave the confusion that has been created by people. You leave it because each person looks at things differently. You're not going to be able to resolve all these issues. Because every time, you know, a certain season comes. So for example, Ramadan comes. Then a debate begins. Which debate is that? Moon sighting debate. The whole year we don't remember it. But when Ramadan comes, then all of a sudden we're sharing articles and lectures and, you know, this and that. Rabi'ul Awwal is coming and then what begins? The Mawlid issue. I mean, every now and then there are certain issues that come up. And each year we're like, I'm on a mission to resolve this once and for all for the whole ummah. So you know what? This article is going to solve the ummah's problems. So everybody please share, please share, please share. Even if you don't read it, just share it. You know, because it's so long, you're not going to read it. So just share it with all of your contacts. Because we're going to solve this problem once and for all. Is it going to get solved? It's not going to get solved. If it didn't get solved since all these hundreds of years, don't think it's going to get solved today. So then what do you do in all of these differences that exist? What do you do? You adhere as close as possible to the book of Allah. According to the best of your understanding. According to the best of what you have learned. And you leave the decision to who? To Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This fussle is going to happen when? On the day of judgment. So don't lose faith, don't lose conviction because of the confusions that people have created. Because of the differences that exist between people. Your faith in the Qur'an should not reduce because of the differences that people have. Awalam. A is a question. Has, wa, and, lam, not. Awalam, meaning has it not, yahdi lahum, it guide them. Yahdi, from hidayah, to guide. Awalam yahdi. Has it not guided? Is it not enough as a guide? Lahum for them. Now, hidayah means guidance. But I want you to think of the word hidayah in the literal sense. Hidayah is what? To lead to a destination. To show someone their way to their destination. So for example, somebody asks you, where can I find glasses in the kitchen? So you're like, okay, go there. See the top cabinet? Open the top section. That is where you'll find them. This is hidayah. You directed them. When you give direction, you clarify to the person what they should do, where exactly they should go, which door they should open, which section they should look into. You're making it clear for them. You could also give an answer like, well, they're in the kitchen. Right? If somebody asks you, 
Where are the glasses? You're like, in the kitchen. Well, yes, of course they're in the kitchen, but make it clearer for me. Make it easier for me. So, أَوَلَمْ يَهْدِ لَهُمْ Has it not guided them? Meaning, is this not enough as instruction for them? Is this not enough as a proof for them? Something that will lead them to the right conclusion. What? Come, how many ahlakna we have destroyed min qablihim before them min al-qurun of generations. Qurun is a plural of qarn. Yamshuna fi masakinihim. They walked in their houses. Yamshuna, they walk fi in masakinihim, their homes. Masakin is a plural of maskan. And what is maskan? Home. إِنَّ فِي ذَلِكَ لَآيَاتٍ Indeed, in that are surely signs. أَفَلَا يَسْمَعُونَ Then do they not hear? So over here, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is asking. The fact that so many people lived before us. And those people, they freely walked in their homes. Now they're gone. And especially over here, which people are being referred to? Those people who denied their prophets. That once they denied their prophets, once they denied the scripture, what happened to them? They lost whatever they had. So isn't this enough to guide you to the conclusion that you must believe in the scripture that Allah has revealed? That you must adhere to the commands that Allah has given? Isn't this enough? Because what happened to the previous people? when they rejected their prophets. And why is it that they rejected their prophets? Why is it that they rejected the scripture that was given to them? Because they wanted to hold on to what they had. The dunya. But didn't they end up leaving that dunya? Wasn't that dunya taken away from them? Because you see, the people of Makkah, the Prophet ﷺ said to them, say one word. One word, just say it. And you'll be the leaders You'll be successful. And they said, what is that one word? La ilaha illallah. They said, no, we're not saying it. Why not? Because then, نُتَخَطَّفْ min ardina. Everything we have will be taken away from us. People are never going to accept this. They're going to turn against us. Everyone's going to become our enemy. This is what they were afraid of. Losing their dunya. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says over here, look at the people of the past. They also did not accept their prophets out of fear of losing what they had. Well, do they still have it? Do they still have their homes? Do they still have their properties? No, they don't. You don't even know their names. إِنَّ فِي ذَلِكَ لَآيَاتٍ Indeed, in that are surely signs. أَفَلَا يَسْمَعُونَ Then will they not listen? Listen to what? To what is being narrated over here about the previous people. Because if you think about it, what prevents us from even the recitation of the Qur'an? What prevents us? Dunya, right? I mean, think about it. The Prophet ﷺ, he wouldn't sleep until he recited the surah. And how long is the surah? Just 30 verses. Hmm? How long does it take to recite it? How long? Maximum 10-15 minutes? Maximum. But what is it that prevents us from even spending 10 minutes reciting this surah? What prevents us? Let me just pull my laundry. Let me just, you know, do this. Let me just send an email. Let me just check my email. It's dunya, right? 
that's over-consuming us. This is what is preventing us. I'm not saying don't fold your laundry. Okay? And I'm not even saying that don't check your email. Do that. But there is a time for that, and there is a time for the Qur'an. And we need to learn how to balance these two things. Because if we are not learning how to bring this balance, then at the end of our lives, we will be regretful. I mean, just think about it. At the end of the day, if a whole 24 hours has gone by, and we were not able to recite even one surah of the Qur'an, isn't that a loss? Yes, we were able to clean the floors and we were able to put the things away and we were able to clear our inbox and we were able to you know, get in touch with all our friends. But what good is that? What value is that in the long run? What value is that? So we really need to think about it. What prevents us from the Qur'an is the dunya. So we need to think about that dunya and we need to limit it or we need to be somehow more efficient so that we can give the haq of the Qur'an also. You know, just yesterday I was cleaning. I think I cleaned the floor for like, I don't know how many times. I cleaned it and then the table is clean, the floor is clean and my daughter is trying to color, okay? And then she forgets coloring and she finds a sharpener and she starts sharpening, all right? What do you think happened to the table and what do you think happened to the floor? It's dirty again. I'm not saying I shouldn't clean it and I'm not saying it's wrong for her to do that. She's learning and she has to sharpen. And it's a good thing that she's taking care of her color pencils. But the lesson for me over here is that my life's priority should not be to keep my floors clean. Because if it is, then I will never be satisfied. Ever. Ever. I remember once I was in a class and Sheikh Muhammad al-Sharif, he was uh, conducting it and he asked, is there anyone who's a clean freak over here? And I proudly raised my hand. You know, proudly I raised my hand. And he's like, if anyone is a clean freak here, you are the most miserable person. And I'm like, ouch, what do you mean by that? He's like, because the littlest of things which are beyond your control are enough to annoy you. That's when I learned that there is nothing good in being a clean freak. It's only harming yourself. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, if you say a hundred times, La ilaha illallah wahdahu la sharika lahu lahu mulku lahu alhamd wa huwa ala kullu shayin qadir, then shaitan, he doesn't touch you that day, right? And subhanallah wa bihamdihi, subhanallah al-azim, it's a kalimatan, khafifatan ala al-lisan, thaqilatan fil mezan, habibatan ala al-rahman. Yes, that... While we are doing all of these chores, whether it's laundry or cleaning or whatever it is, at the same time we can recite the Qur'an. We can keep our tongues busy in the dhikr of Allah. So what's the lesson over here in this ayah? This life is temporary. The blessings in this life are also temporary. Sooner or later we're going to be separated from them. So don't let these temporary blessings take away from you what is going to bring you permanent reward. إِنَّ فِي ذَلِكَ لَآيَاتٍ أَفَلَا يَسْمَعُونَ Do they not hear? أَوَلَمْ يَرَوْا Have they not seen? أَنَّا That indeed we نَسُوقُ We drive. نَسُوقُ From سِيَاقَ Seen وَاقَافِ It is to drive, to take something somewhere, drag it, pull it. 
So we drive al-ma'a, the water. Meaning we bring the water. How? Through clouds. Ila to al-ardi, the land which is al-juruz, which is barren. What is juruz? Juruz is that land which is bereft of vegetation. Meaning it's fertile, but just because there has been no water, there is nothing on it. Alright, there is nothing on it. Just recently I was watching this documentary about the marshes of Iraq. That just a few decades ago, when you look at the satellite images of Iraq, you see large portions of it completely green. Green. And, you know, marshes stretched across miles and miles. What happened that when the water supply was cut off, that whole area has turned into a desert. Literally. It's like a desert. There's nothing there. It's just sand. It's just mud. Nothing. So, this is Al-Juruz. Land which is fertile, but it has become barren. Why? Because there's no water. And if you do bring water to it, then what's going to happen to it? It's going to turn green again. Right? So, have they not seen that we bring water to a land which is barren, empty, bereft of vegetation? And when we bring water to it, فَنُخْرِجُ Then we produce. Bihi with it, meaning because of that water, zar'an. What is zar'an? Crop. And especially, which kind of crop? Crop which produces food. تَأْكُلُ It eats. Who eats? Minhu From it, meaning from that crop, أَنْعَامُهُمْ Their cattle, their animals, وَأَنْفُسُهُمْ And themselves. They themselves also eat. Meaning the crop, is food for who? For them and their animals. Afala yubsirun. Then do they not see? Will they not see? What's the lesson over here? Think about it. Barren land. What is that a symbol of? What does that symbolize? Death. What else? Emptiness. There is no goodness. That there is nothing good over here. Now sometimes when a person is in the way of Allah, it seems as if a person is walking in a barren land. Nothing grows from anywhere. There's no sight of pleasure even. Nothing that's pleasing. All that you hear, all that you face, all that you receive is what? Opposition, difficulty. You're trying to help others and what you get in response is no support whatsoever. And Mecca was like that for the Muslims. The Prophet ﷺ was working so hard. But what is it that he received in response from the people of Mecca? Only hardship. Persecution. Opposition from all sides to the point that he was also boycotted socially. Nowhere did it seem possible that the Muslims would one day prevail. But what does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say over here? That no matter how dry a land may be, what happens to it after some time? Just let the clouds come. And just let it rain. And see the whole landscape transform. The whole environment will change. So what does this ayah give them? Hope. That you might feel that your efforts are bringing no result. But keep working, keep sowing the seeds, and let Allah bring the rain. 
you have to do your part. You have to sow the seeds. And when Allah decides, when the time is right, He will bring the rain. And when He will bring the rain, then let the results come forth. وَيَقُولُونَ And they say, مَتَى When? هَذَا الْفَتْحُ This conquest. Because whenever, you know, the Muslims were given hope, the Prophet ﷺ, he is given hope through such verses, the mushrikeen would make fun of the Muslims even more. They would mock at the Prophet ﷺ even more. They would say, when is this victory going to be? When is this conquest going to be? This conquest that you talk about. That one day you will be successful. One day Allah will grant you success. What is it that you're talking about? Have you seen the state of the Muslims? And really in Mecca, what state were the Muslims living in? Think about it. At the end of the Meccan era, the boycott was what? An effort to suffocate the Muslims, to destroy them. It was like a group of people are sent to a camp and they're just left there to die. And that was the objective over here. Nobody should trade with them. Nobody should get married to them. Nobody should have any dealings with them. Let them die. Let them starve to death. That was the objective of the boycott. But were they successful in that? No, they weren't. وَيَقُولُونَ مَتَى هَذَا الْفَتْحُ They say, when will this conquest be? إِن كُنْتُمْ صَادِقِينَ If you should be truthful. Allah says, قُلْ Say, tell them, يَوْمَ الْفَتْحِ The day of the conquest, which is real, which is coming. لَا يَنْفَعُ It will not benefit. الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا Those who disbelieve, إِيمَانُهُمْ their iman. Meaning that day, if they believe, it's not going to benefit them. Walahum, nor shall they. Yunzarun, they will be given respite. Meaning, your defeat will be the day you die. Why do you worry about the success of the Muslims? You should be concerned about your own self, and each person should be concerned about himself. Your defeat will be the day you die, and if that day you believe, it's not going to benefit. If that day you ask for some more time so that you can repent or offer any excuses, it's not going to work. Walahum yunzarun. So in a way, the mushrikeen are being told here, why are you asking about when the day of Fath will be? What benefit is that knowledge going to bring you? What you should be concerned about is your actions. And the Prophet ﷺ is advised at the end of the surah, فَأَعْرِضْ عَنْهُمْ So turn away from them. Meaning, ignore what they're doing, ignore what they're saying. You do what you have to do. You keep planting the seeds. You keep working. وَانْتَظِرْ And wait. Wait for what? For the rain to come. Wait for the fertile winds to come. For the clouds. For the rain. Wait for that. And this drought will be over. وَانْتَظِرْ إِنَّهُمْ Indeed they مُنْتَظِرُونَ They are also ones who are waiting. Meaning your enemy is also waiting. In other words, they are waiting for some outcome. You should also wait. But the mushrikeen, what is it that they were waiting for? They were waiting for the death of the Prophet ﷺ. Literally. In Surah At-Tur, Ayah 30, Allah says, أَمْ يَقُولُونَ شَاعِرٌ نَتَرَبَّصُ بِهِ رَيْبَ الْمَنُونَ Or do they say about you, a poet for whom we await a misfortune of time? Meaning that he's a poet, one day he's going to die, and then this whole problem will be over. إِنَّهُ مُنْتَظِرُونَ They were waiting. They were waiting for the light of Islam to extinguish. So if they're waiting for a bad outcome, 
why can you not wait for a good outcome? In other words, if they have so much sabr, why can't you have sabr? You understand? If they are waiting, meaning they're not successful, don't think that they're successful, they haven't achieved their objective, so you also need to have some sabr. In Surah Yunus Ayah 20, Allah says, فَانْتَظِرُوا Tell them, wait. إِنِّي مَعَكُمْ مِنَ الْمُنْتَظِرِينَ I am with you among those who wait. So basically, in the command over here, that you must wait, this is a command for what? For sabr. Because help comes only with sabr. أَنَّ النَّصْرَ مَعَ sabr. And did that happen? Yes, it did. 13 years of extreme sabr, of intidhar. And then what happened? The Prophet ﷺ migrated to Medina. In the second year, the mushrikeen came to fight him. The battle of Badr. Who won? The Prophet ﷺ won, right? So that is when the fath began, the victory began. And eventually it led to the conquest of Makkah. Let's listen to the recitation of these verses. وَلَقَدْ آتَيْنَا مُوسَى الْكِتَابَ فَلَا تَكُنْ فِي مِرْيَةٍ مِنْ لِقَائِهِ وَجَعَلْنَاهُ هُدًى لِبَنِي إِسْرَائِيلِ وَجَعَلْنَا مِنْهُمْ أَئِمَّةً يَهْدُونَ بِأَمْرِنَا لَمَّا صَبَرُوا وَكَانُوا بِآيَاتِنَا يُوقِنُونَ إِنَّ رَبَّكَ هُوَ يَفْصِلُ بَيْنَهُمْ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ فِيمَا كَانُوا فِيهِ يَخْتَلِفُونَ أَوَلَمْ يَهْدِ لَهُمْ كَمْ أَهْلَكْنَا مِنْ قَبْلِهِمْ مِنَ الْقُرُونِ يَمْشُونَ فِي مَسَاكِنِهِمْ إِنَّ فِي ذَلِكَ لَآيَاتٍ أَفَلَا يَسْمَعُونَ أَوَلَمْ يَرَوْا أَنَّا نَسُوقُ الْمَاءَ إِلَى الْأَرْضِ الْجُرُزِ فَنُخْرِجُ بِهِ زَرْعًا فَنُخْرِجُ بِهِ زَرْعًا تَأْكُلُ مِنْهُ أَنْعَامُهُمْ وَأَنفُسُهُمْ أَفَلَا يُبْصِرُونَ وَيَقُولُونَ مَتَى هَذَا الْفَتْحُ إِن كُنْتُمْ صَادِقِينَ قُلْ يَوْمَ الْفَتْحِ لَا يَنْفَعُ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا إِيمَانُهُمْ وَلَا هُمْ يُنْظَرُونَ فَأَعْرِضْ عَنْهُمْ وَانْتَظِرْ Subhanakallahu bihamdik ashhadu an la ilaha illa anta astaghfiruka wa atubu ilaik Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh